liberals are upset that the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case loves America, Joe Biden blames the high gas prices on supply chain issues, and a second grader gets suspended 38 times for not wearing a mask. I'm William Hall and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So first of all, happy Veterans Day. Want to give a shout out to all the veterans that have served or are currently serving in our armed forces, just for all of them that are there, including my dad also as a veteran himself. Just want to thank you for your service. Thank you for putting your life on the line uh, for our country, for our freedoms. That's really important and also has some implications as far as it goes for this show today as well. So A lot of you are probably already aware of the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I haven't covered uh, much of this on the show, but I am going to go over some of the key details about this entire situation. But really, what this is about, this is uh, from the situation last year when there was a bunch of rioting in Kenosha. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was uh, basically defending himself. He had a gun on him. There were other people that were presumably, I I believe, Antifa, but just whatever it, it was, they were rioting. In in relation to the whole Kenosha situation, and Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself against the people that were literally trying to shoot him and were about to kill him at that point. Now, because Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself, leftists lost their mind at the time, and now he's on trial. He's in court uh, due to being charged with five felony counts. So, the first one is the uh, uh, one misdemeanor including first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, two counts of first-degree recklessly endangering safety, and attempted first-degree intentional homicide, and possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. So that's what this has kind of all come to at this point. A lot of charges for somebody this young. At the time, he was 17. Now, of course, he's over 18. But at the time, that was last year. And this is one of those situations, this whole trial, where... I was hoping from the get-go that it wasn't going to be anywhere near what we saw with the Derek Chauvin trial, where you had the jury pitted against Derek Chauvin. The judge might as well have been pitted against Derek Chauvin. It really didn't matter because the judge was doing his own thing anyways. But really, that was a sham of a trial. And I'm really hoping, was kind of before this even started, was hoping that this wasn't going to be one of those situations, that this wasn't going to be a repeat of what we saw with Derek Chauvin. And so far, it actually doesn't appear to be that case. Namely because there's an actual judge there that I'll be talking about a little later that actually has common sense. Who knew that that still exists today in our courtrooms? And, and, and right at a time where people are losing faith in the institutions in America. So one of the... Uh, kind of big takeaways here. So first of all, just to kind of go over a little bit of the most important parts about what's going on here. So there was also apparently some FBI footage that they had that was uh, supposed to uh, supposedly revealing Rosenbaum, which was the, the guy that was actually attacking Kyle Rittenhouse, hiding between a cluster of cars before chasing down Rittenhouse, leading to the fatal encounter where this happened. Now, when these people basically approached Kyle Rittenhouse and threatened his life, pointed a gun in his face, 
Kyle Rittenhouse fired in self-defense, basically blew the guy's forearm off because of the, the range of the weapon to the proximity where he was. So there was a lot of footage that kind of came out of this that we kind of just realized what was going on. Now, police confirmed also that Rittenhouse shouted, friendly, 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 but Rosenbaum, the aggressor, actually continued to chase him in this situation. So the real big kind of takeaway actually happened a couple of days ago where they were questioning one of the rioters. And this guy's name is uh, Gage, kind of has a weird long last name, but basically this guy Gage is the one that was shot by uh, Rittenhouse because out of self-defense. Now, he confirmed in a video that he actually only, or that Rittenhouse only fired his gun in self-defense after Gage had actually pointed the gun at Rittenhouse. And, and this is a really, really, really important, important detail because when you talk about self-defense, that's what is really going on in this trial. Did Kyle Rittenhouse have the right to defend himself against these aggressors that also had guns? That's what really is important in all of this. Anyone that's telling you anything else is out of their mind because really what's going on is that this is going to set a precedent for the future, not just for Kyle Rittenhouse, of course, but for everyone, for America, of do people really have the right to defend themselves when they're put in a situation similar similar to Kyle Rittenhouse? And what would you have done if you were in the situation with a person that had a gun pointed right at you ready to shoot? So uh, under the questioning from the uh, Rittenhouse defense attorney, Gage testified that Rittenhouse fired on him after he had pointed his pistol at Rittenhouse. That's right there should automatically cause this trial to say, you know what, just go ahead. He's not guilty. Rittenhouse, not guilty at all. Because that's what this all kind of comes down to. Their own star witness basically coming out and saying, yeah, uh, you know, he really only shot me after I pointed a gun in his face. Why is... Rittenhouse even on trial at this point, knowing that that's the case, knowing that they got that this guy to admit that, why is this even happening? Why are we having this sham trial? And that's why I'm saying to me, it transcends beyond just the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. It really is about self-defense in general in our actual society. So there's uh, more parts of this that kind of, kind of went into play here, uh, where you actually had... Um, Rittenhouse revealing that Rosenbaum, the Rosenbaum, once again, one of the guys that was aggressing upon Rittenhouse, threatened to kill him two times before the incident even unfolded. And they exchanged a bunch of curse words and everything else like that. Um, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they were cursing at him, using the N-word at him, all, all of this stuff, okay? And, and by the way, these guys that were aggressing upon him, the media initially last year was trying to paint them as being uh, these these innocent guys that were just fighting for social justice. That's not what was happening, okay? These these guys were, sh you know, running around with the N-word and everything else under the sun. They, these don't sound like people that were marching for social justice at all, at least not in the sense that the media tried to portray them as, uh, uh, as being. But the other kind of key clip that actually came out of this as well is where the judge in this situation had actually kind of really ad admonished a bit of the, of, of the prosecutor, in this because he was apparently getting extremely upset at the prosecution because they were just basically making up ridiculous statements. And the, the basic statement of it is, is actually kind of goes in, uh, goes into it here where 
uh, Judge Schroeder booted the jury from the courtroom before uh, he had attacked or kind of went against the the actual prosecutor, uh, Binger, Binger, I think is his name. Uh, so the the AG, or uh, sorry, the assistant district attorney, to- Thomas Binger, ran afoul of Judge Bruce Schroeder multiple times while questioning Rittenhouse. The judge scolded, then exploded on Binger for commenting on Rittenhouse's uh, pretrial silence, which risked violating the 18-year-old's the, uh, fifth Amendment right. So basically, the judge was attacking the prosecution because they said, "Well, why was Rittenhouse silent? This, you know, before this trial, trying to use that as a bludgeon, as a, as an attack against Rittenhouse, when in reality, it's his Fifth Amendment rights to do that, like anyone else." So basically, the judge is like, "Look, dude, you can't like come up in here and try to use this as a reason to attack him just because he chose to remain silent before the trial, simply because of the fact that everybody has had a Fifth Amendment right to silence." For 40, 50 years in this country. This isn't new, right? This isn't new information, but they're, they're going to use anything that they can to attack Kyle Rittenhouse. That's what this trial is about, uh, really, to them, to the leftists, is, uh, is basically ignoring what self-defense is and just trying to slam Kyle Rittenhouse no matter what that means. So kind of the last thing to take away from this was actually uh, an interesting situation that had to deal with the media because the media was actually out and out last year saying that Kyle Rittenhouse had actually carried the gun over state lines. And that was one of the things they were going to attack him for. Well, apparently that didn't happen. Okay. (laughs) That never happened at all either. So once again, another situation where Democrats are trying to uh, slam Rittenhouse for something that's just not true. The the media lied about that and, and it's just not true at all. Now, during the trial, something kind of interesting happened. Well, the, the judge's phone went off, and he actually had his ringtone on at the time, and lo and behold, God Bless America plays, okay? Now, of course, we're think- we wouldn't think much of this at all, but leftists have lost their mind because the judge had God Bless America on his phone. I kid you not. So they're upset because the judge doesn't hate America. That's what this is about. I mean, let's not make any mistake about it. Democrats are so mad right now that there's a judge that has been proving himself to be quite conservative, quite, you know, just America focused, American minded, proud to be an American. They hate that because in their mind, Democrats want a judge that hates America, a judge that goes along with their ridiculous woke ideology, their their new progressive religion. That's what they want. They don't want a judge that actually loves America in the courtroom. So I'm it, it based off of the evidence that I'm seeing, it looks like this could actually obviously help Kyle Rittenhouse out a lot. I hope it really does. It is just kind of interesting to see the, the leftists losing their minds over a ringtone, over a song, over somebody saying, yeah, I'm proud to be an American. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. There was even actually another clip that I just posted recently today uh, showing the, the judge kind of breaking everybody for lunch. And then he said, well, yeah, you know, I'm looking at getting some Asian food and I really hope it's not stuck on one of those supply ships in, uh, in, in off of the coast of uh, California. They're kind of making this kind of, you know, this joke about the, the, the fact that there's still ships out there in California that aren't even able to dock and actually get unloaded. I mean, this is, this is a judge that I think uh, will obviously lead us in the right direction here, I'm hoping. But it, but it is really triggering the Democrats right now because they don't want a judge in there that actually supports the United States of America, that actually understands what constitutional rights are. What they want is somebody that's going to say, you know what, as long as you disagree with me, you have no constitutional rights. That's the difference. And that's crazy. 
That's where we're at right now. So I'll keep you updated if any other major developments happen on the trial. So definitely stay tuned to that. All right. So Joe Biden now has decided that he's going to blame the inflation, the gas prices, the the really high store costs for food and everything else. He's going to blame all of that and the shortages on supply chain issues. He's not actually going to take the credit for it himself. And this is very telling because, of course, Joe Biden in many ways doesn't really run much of anything. I don't believe that he really is. When we look at the way that he speaks when he's out in public to the way he just kind of carries himself in general, he's obviously not really the person that's running things in his own administration. But we have to look at what he's talking about when he's saying that, oh, it's this other thing. The reason why you're paying five, six dollars to, to fill up your gas, uh, fill up your tank full of gas. The reason why you're doing that is because of something else. It's maybe it's your fault, but he doesn't want to actually point at himself and his administration and their bad policies, at least generally speaking. So this all started when he was, um, at this doing this, I, I guess, kind of just this overall press conference thing where he said in a statement, did you ever think you'd be paying this much for gas, uh, for a gallon of gas? And it's like, uh, you know, I mean, if you kind of already knew what was going to happen the second that Trump wasn't in the White House, I could tell you that the gas prices are going to go up. But hey, whatever. And then he says in some parts of California, people are paying $4.50 a gallon. By the way, that's actually not even really all that high for California. The, the reality is that there were several spots in California that were up to $7 as well that I saw. So yeah, they're in smaller portions. But the point is, is that when we're talking about record highs here, it gets crazy. It really does. Okay. So he says, that's why it's so important. We do everything in our power to stabilize the supply chain. Really? Really? That That's what the problem is. Please explain to me how in the world it makes sense for gas prices to go up simply because of the supply chain. This isn't the situation with the, and, and actually, if you remember, Biden, like the part of the, his first kind of executive actions was that he was going to shut down the pipelines that were essential in helping uh, different uh, different companies ship or move crude oil from plant to plant and places like that. Uh, he also had the crisis where the, the, the other pipeline got hacked. I mean, all of this stuff kind of has just bubbled over at this point, all under Biden. It, it's like people know or already knew that this was going to happen. And as a result, they basically took advantage of it. And that's what we're dealing with right now. This is Biden's fault. It's it's his administration's fault. They should have done something about that when they had the opportunity to, but they decided not to. And, and instead, they've actually have been working against the American people this entire time, believe it or not. So in a in another situation, he was talking about the the trillion dollar, the two trillion dollar stimulus package that he was passing. And and this was the one that included all of the extra money for people. And he kind of was basically saying, hey, you know, maybe some of this inflation is because of us, because of these bills that we've passed. So it's kind of like he's accepting some responsibility, but also on the other hand, he's not really accepting it either. So he said that the irony is people have more money now because of the first major piece of legislation I passed. We all got the $1,400. You got checks for a whole range of things. And this is, like I said, a speech that Biden was making in Baltimore. But he goes on to say, if you're a mom and you have kids under the age of seven, you get $300 a month, and if it's over 7 to 17, you're getting $360 a month, he said. the wise, And then the, the actual White House had to correct him later, saying that it was actually $250 per month. But the point is, is that 
He's basically saying, you know what? The reason why inflation is so bad is because I passed all of this legislation that helped you. That's the way he's making it seem. But keep in mind, those $1,400 checks that he sent, remember, that, that's our money. Those, those are our tax dollars. It was, it was more of the government basically saying, you know what? We're going to give you guys back what you've already given us to a degree because we owe that to you. We're going to do this thing to give that help give that money back to you. That's basically what's going on. The thing is that people need to understand about inflation is that it's not just some random thing that we like to complain about because it's something to complain about. It's important because it's almost like raising taxes in a way, because what happens is that if you budget your money and you're looking at the, the amount of money that you spend on groceries, you're looking at the amount of money you spend over here or, or over there, wherever it is, you're looking at the certain amount of money that you have and that you make versus what you're spending. And right now, I can assure you that it's probably a, a decent amount higher than it was last year at this time or before this time because of the fact that you have all of this inflation that is record-breaking inflation at this point and at some point is going to crash. That's a reality. When you have all of this inflation like that and you're paying more money on your bills, you're basically making less money. So it's almost like they're just taking money out of your check just because. If when you go to get gas, like all of us have, and you wind up paying $10, $15 more to fill up your tank than you did before, that might as well just be a huge tax because you're literally making less money. So even if you got, say, for example, like a 6% pay increase from last year, well, guess what? That doesn't really amount to much of anything at all right now because of the cost of goods. And it's not just in select industries. It's hitting everybody. Everybody is feeling these high prices. And Biden is, of course, as usual, is refusing to accept responsibility for it. But Kamala Harris is another person that is right in line with him, that basically has done nothing. I mean, she you don't hear about her in the news. You don't hear her saying anything or really talking about anything almost at all. And her approval rating now is at 28%, which is pretty bad, okay? So um, this was a, the approval rating that was, uh, according to a poll from uh, registered voters, released this week by USA Today which is not a conservative network, by the way. So, uh, and Biden's rating also hit a new low as well at 38%. I mean, really, what you're seeing is that people are flipping on Biden. You're seeing them flip on not only him, but his entire administration as well. Because now they're feeling the crunch and saying, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have paid attention to the mainstream media and all the bad things you said about Trump. Maybe we should have actually just voted for Trump instead. It's a little late now. But what this really carries out to be is where we're going to see a massive swing for Republicans in 2022 during the midterms. That's what this is going to really mean. These are the early, early signs that the Democrats have already lost 22 or 2022 pretty big. Of course, they're probably not going to pay much attention to it. But remember, Kamala Harris is not a popular person. She was never popular anyway. She couldn't even get... I mean, she was one of the first people even kicked out, by the way, in the primaries. I don't understand why in the world they would expect her to poll well now. She refuses to go to the border, refuses to do just about anything. You just see her laugh off questions. She's kind of just sitting in the background, in my opinion, just kind of waiting for something to happen to Joe Biden so she can step in and replace him. That's really all she's there for. She was a token hire. She was only brought in because she was a woman and she was not white. Joe Biden made that very clear. When he picked her, before he picked her, so we know exactly what's going on with that. So their 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 ratings are continuing to drop. Their perception in this country is getting worse and worse and worse. And people are realizing it isn't just some 
arbitrary supply chain issue. These are issues caused by this administration and we want it to stop. So there's a new children's book that actually is releasing and it is aiming to basically combat the woke books that we've seen coming out in several, really many different elementary schools. So the actual name of the book here is Heroes of Liberty. And it's supposed to be highlighting people that are really integral to the United States, uh, to name a few, Ronald Reagan, Thomas Sowell, uh, and there's uh, several others that are going to be in there as well. You have Margaret Thatcher, Mark Twain, uh, Alexander Hamilton, Rush Limbaugh, just a bunch of iconic figures that are going to be in this book talking about what it is. And the idea of the book is to basically kind of cement in children uh, traditional American values, and specifically that anyone can be successful no matter who you are, no matter what your race is, that everybody's able to achieve success if they really want to do that. And so, according to the publisher, they said the goal is to provide parents who are concerned with an increasingly leftist indoctrination and wokeness that have taken over our educational institutions with a wholesome patriotic alternative to read with their children. So, this is basically, like I said, to combat the ridiculous woke books. And of course, this is just one book. I mean, I've seen many different books that are the the whole CRT thing. I mean, just everything that they've stacked into these books or talking about the weird gender uh, roles and everything else like that. So there's a lot more books out there. But I think that this is a good start. It's always been my opinion that conservatives need to take back the media. Wherever we see the Democrats fighting, we've got to fight too, in the same way many times that they do, because otherwise we wind up losing it. And they've obviously infected the schools. It's not just books. I mean, of course, it's the teachers and uh, just the amount of schools that are even available to these students. But the more that we can get people out there invested into uh, some sanity, having some other options that are there that are not these woke, crazy books, the better off that we will be. So this is, of course, just one book. I highly doubt it's going to make it to every public school in the United States or something like that. But it's a start and and kind of a, a, a point to make that we should be continuing to put these types of books in the classroom, continuing to try to push this kind of education that's based off of the facts and reality that we know. Instead of letting these leftists slide their books into our high schools with pornographic material, put something else in there. Remember, it, the way that the leftist ideology is, is basically basically like a religion, but they'll forbid you have a Bible in the school library or forbid that you have any religious material in the library anywhere or to even teach it or, or to even talk about it. But they want to treat everything that the LGBT and all the rest of that stuff, what they do as kind of this their own religion. And, and that's the way they behave with it. But yet, for some reason, we can't talk about Christianity. Okay, well, how does that make sense? But it's because they don't see it as politics. They never saw it that way. They see it as the only way that they could possibly believe in anything. But in reality, it's a religion. That's what they're doing. They're in a cult. They just don't know it. All right, so this episode's TikTok liberal really isn't a liberal from TikTok, but it was po uh, posted on the Libs of TikTok page on Twitter, and it's a video of a second grader that was suspended a bunch of times for not wearing a mask. Here's her statement where she's speaking at the school board confronting the people that did it. My name is Fiona Lachaz and I am in second grade. 
at Discovery Key Elementary. I am back to talk to you again today. And for anyone who thinks I didn't write my speech last time is wrong, I wanted to be here then just like I do now. Sorry if I am supposed to be scared when I see people yelling at these meetings. So I am back today and tomorrow is my birthday. I am going to get suspended if I don't wear a mask for three more days. Just because I get suspended for not wearing a mask isn't gonna change my mind. You can keep suspending me. I still have the right not to wear a mask. It is not fair that I'm getting punished because you guys, the school board, are not following the law. That is not fair. It just isn't right. I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in, and nothing's going to change my mind. I've been getting suspended a lot because I'm wearing a mask. Do you know how dirty masks are? Because you touch the mask. You put it on your face. You breathe all those germs in because you have lots of bacteria on your hand. Oh, and okay, yeah, I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. And my family is proud of me. And my Uncle Murphy that is in heaven is really proud of me. And I want to say Burke sucks, but instead of your rules suck. We live in a world where an eight-year-old has more common sense than an entire school board. Let that sink in for a moment. And, and really what this really showcases to me is that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that these masks don't make sense. I mean, if somebody in the second grade can figure out that your hands are touching your mask all day, that they're not sanitary, that half of these people aren't even washing their hands, but yet want to pretend like they care so much about this mask, it shouldn't take all of that. We shouldn't be in a position where we have to have kids basically pointing out the hypocrisy of wearing these things. This girl's been suspended 36 times, actually 38 times, for not wearing a mask. This has gotten beyond ridiculous, especially, as I've mentioned so many times, just look at the statistics. Kids are not at a high risk for COVID. They have the strongest immune systems amongst all of us, and they're just a very low risk in general. We've, we talked about the stats in San Francisco, for example, where they have zero deaths. I mean, from anybody, not just kids that are in second grade. I mean, we're talking about anybody under the age of 17 since the pandemic even started. So... Really, we have to ask ourselves, why are they still requiring them to do this? So I applaud this girl for obviously standing up and saying something against these masks because somebody has to do it. And of course, you know, it's not like we're trying to derive policy from an eight-year-old. I mean, the parents exist for a reason, right? I mean, parents have been speaking out against this stuff for the longest period of time. This isn't new. This is just a, another brick laid on top to build this this foundation of understanding that these masks are useless. They don't do much of anything unless you actually have a properly fitted N95. It doesn't really do much of anything, especially when they have these cloth masks on. 
So why are you suspending this girl? Why are kids getting punished for this? I mean, at least it wasn't taped to her face. It's better than what a lot of situations have happened in other schools. It's just gotten beyond ridiculous when you look at the child abuse, the way that they're treating these children. This isn't the school that it was designed to be. It just simply isn't because what they're trying to do is just absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, this is actually taking place in Florida, believe it or not. But the thing is that Ron DeSantis has been obviously fighting tooth and nail to get these masks out of school, but there's still some schools that are defying what he's doing and doing it anyways. So that's why we have to fight for our freedoms and our rights to be able to have our kids go to school and not deal with these ridiculous masks. I'm also hoping that Ron DeSantis can figure something out too to keep these school boards from doing this because a lot of them are still making this happen. They're making these kids do this. They're punishing students for this stuff. And it's gotten way, way, way out of hand. Absolutely beyond ridiculous, in my opinion. It just is unacceptable when you look at the way that the school board is behaving to the point that you literally have to have a, a girl this age approach them and say, you know what? This doesn't make sense. I'm not going to go along with this narrative. I'm not going to allow for you to continue to uh, do this to, to myself or to these other students. That's where we're at right now. So I'll be curious to see if we have more students that come up and actually say something about it. I think they should. I really do think that they should. Remember, these are the same school systems that are trying their hardest to indoctrinate our kids because they believe they know what's better for them than they do themselves or that than the parents do. They believe that they are above the parents in their own rights, that they are above everybody, that they should be the ones basically raising, ruling, and telling your child exactly what to do. And it's unacceptable that this is still happening. We know what the facts are on the ground. We know that if you get vaccinated, you are still somebody that can spread COVID. You're still somebody that can die from COVID. You're still somebody that can do all of this stuff. So it, it doesn't matter. And they're also making these kids, by the way, wear the mask regardless of the vaccination. <laughs> I mean, it really is beyond me. Why are you vaccinating kids just to have them still wearing the stupid mask? It's just gotten insane at this point. It's not going to help anybody at all. So hopefully, once again, Ron Sanders can do something about this because They've, we've got to stop these communist teachers unions from kind of doing whatever they want to do, thinking that they can get away with whatever they want, forcing kids to do stuff. It's absolutely ridiculous. So uh, with that being said, that's all I have for you on the show. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Once again, happy Veterans Day to those that have served or are currently serving in the armed forces as well. And with that being said, I'll see you on the next one.